You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. everyone and welcome to a special edition of the Hacking Humans podcast, an occasional series we are calling Hacking Humans Goes to the Movies. I'm Dave Bittner from the Cyberwire and joining me is my Hacking Humans co-host, Joe Kerrigan from the Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute. Hello, Joe. Hi, Dave. On this show, Joe and I look at clips from some of our favorite movies, clips which demonstrate some of the scams and schemes we talk about on Hacking Humans. And joining the fun this week is Rick Howard, the Cyberwire's Chief Security Officer and Chief Analyst. Hello, Rick. Hey, guys. This is going to be great. I love this idea. (laughs) It's going to be a lot of fun. We've got some fun (laughs) clips to share, so stay tuned. We will be right back after this message from our show sponsor. All right, gents, uh, I am really looking forward to digging into some clips here today. I'm going to start things off for us. Uh, So the way this works is we're going to watch a clip in real time together. Uh, We'll have a link to the clip that we're watching from YouTube. So for our listeners, if you want to watch along with us, you can do that. Uh, I'm going to do my best to describe the scene while it's happening. And then afterwards, the three of us will deconstruct what we've seen. All right. Sound good? All right. Let's give it a cry. All right. So my clip this week is from the 1990 film The Grifters. This is uh, an American neo-noir crime thriller. It was directed by Stephen Frears, produced by Martin Scorsese, and starred uh, John Cusack, Angelica Houston, and Annette Bening. And uh, both uh, Angelica Houston and Annette Bening were nominated for Oscars for their performances in this film. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. Uh, It is a good movie, but it is quite dark. Uh, it is not. It is, <laughs> you're not watching this with grandma. Is that what you're saying, mm, Dave? <laughs> it, well, let's. I mean, it is an entertaining movie, but it is not a movie that has a happy ending. Or I, I you know, spoiler alert. Uh, it, it, it's not. It's not one of those films you're going to walk away feeling better than you did when you started. <laughs> but uh, so I have are, to say that. I got to say that I, uh, Annette Bening is one of my favorite actresses of all time. She makes anything that she's in just lighten up and brighten and makes a whole thing entertaining. So I am uh, thrilled that she's in it. And yeah. I, just, as, just as an aside, I was watching um, Angelica Houston in, uh, what's the Western they made? Uh, uh, Lonesome Duff, okay? Mm, and mm-hmm. she makes that absolutely fantastic. So I'm thrilled that these two actresses are in this movie. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a big fan of John Cusack as well. Uh, I think that is what drew me to this movie initially. When I, I believe I first saw this movie on video. I uh, did not see it in the theaters when it originally came out. I think it's one of those films that did okay, but but not great. But over the years, its reputation has grown, uh, particularly for the strong performances that are in it. So in this scene, uh, the characters played by John Cusack and Annette Bening are on a train ride. Uh, They're heading away for a weekend together. Now, John Cusack's character is a small-time con man, and he tends to do one-on-one scams. And we pick up the scene in the midst of that train ride. Mr. Trimalex, you want to come along? No. Want a drink? No. See you in a minute. So Cusack gets up from his seat and he's heading towards the uh, the dining car. Uh, seems like he's wearing his raincoat from Say Anything. Uh, he sees a group of sailors who are in the dining car. He ducks into the restroom here uh, 
and he reaches inside the pocket of his raincoat and he pulls out, uh, it's like a sleeve that he's putting over his arm, sort of like an ace bandage kind of thing. It's uh, not, not it's sure like what's going on pad. with this. Yeah, it looks like, like an, an elbow, elbow pad. pad. Yep, yep, exactly. Uh, then he pulls out a pair of dice from his pocket and he sticks the dice to his forearm. So there's something going on here where these dice are loaded. Now we're back at the bar now. He has just uh, poured a beer and he's heading towards the sailors who are sitting. And on his way, he bumps into another gentleman, spills his beer all over everyone. Sorry. Uh, you okay, Yeah. Look, I spilled all your drinks. And then ingratiates himself to all these sailors who he spilled the beers on. So now right. he's going to become their friend by buying them beers. Okay, right, so. right. Heading back to buy them beers. Yep. Four Millers. Now we're back in the original car, and Annette Benning is uh, here. She's uh, fixing up her makeup, and uh, there's another gentleman who's giving her the eye. And she gives him a nice little smile back and shakes her head no, saying, "I'm no, no, I'm not available." And he gives her a little smile. She gets up to head off to the dining car and uh, walks away. Uh, the camera sort of lingers on uh, Annette Benning's uh, shapely form. We're back in the uh, dining car, and uh, Cusack's character is uh, getting to know these sailors. Now he reaches down towards the floor and pretends to pick up the dice that he that we saw him have earlier. Hey, what do you guys drop this? No, it's not mine. I don't know. I wouldn't have taken a chance. Annette Benning is walking towards the dining car now. Here we go. We're back with Cusack and the sailors. They're drinking together. Come on, guy. You can't buy every round. It's like our turn. Come on. We got Who is that actor? He's been around forever. Yeah. Right? He's uh, he's always plays a bad guy. I love yeah, he's, that guy. he's one of those that guys. Let's go, Junior. Yeah. All right. So they're rolling dice for who's going to buy the next round. <laughs> and Cusack loses, of course. You got it. I'm going to hold that to you. Setting them up. Right. Right. So he heads off to the bar. Meanwhile, Annette Benning is uh, still making her way to the dining car. So now she's watching and sort of sees what's going on here. And she's sort of uh, hip to the fact that he's scamming these sailors. All right, so he's rolling the dice. It. And likes it, right? Yep. So now uh, Cusack is playing this dice game with these sailors. And, of course, he's winning because he's got loaded dice. That actor is Jeremy Piven. Okay, that's the guy I was trying to come up with. Is that Jeremy Piven? I didn't even recognize him. Rolling the dice. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> so I, I just want to point out that Annette Benning has no dialogue in this, right? But the way she uh, acts in the scene, it just adds a lot of uh, flavor to the whole thing, all right? Just watching her react to what Cusack is doing. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so that's the scene. Let's unpack it and talk about what's going on here. Joe, uh, what, what do you make of this? So it's interesting because it starts off with him uh, making a mess of things, right? Uh, he first off he preps for the scam, yeah, and then he goes in and he and he makes a mess of things and says, "I'm going to buy a, buy everybody beers because I just spilled their beers." Right, right, right. So they're like, "Okay, well this guy's okay, right?" Then he goes, "I'm going to buy the next round too," mm-hmm. uh, and and they're no, but by this time he already has the die, uh, and presumably he has 
rig the die so that when he rolls, he loses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this kind of can lowers we just their pa- card. Can we pause on that for a second? Because I have sure. never understood the gravity and mechanics of loaded die like that. <laughs> right. So he, he he's got the he's got the armband that's clearly magnetic. Right. Right. And he's got right. the dice. Both both die have yeah. uh, apparently have metal pieces in them. Obviously. Mm-hmm. So when he rolls the dice in this scene, how is that? Making that seven come up every time. How does that work? Well, it's any, freaking any magnets, Rick. Yeah. It's freaking magnets. I don't know. <laughs> I, I do have a I do have a personal story about this though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When let's hear it. We were kids. My uh, my brother and I went up to my my grandfather in upstate New York one day, and my brother had like uh, five bucks with him, um, and it was all in ones. And my grandfather said, uh, "Hey, you want to you want to play some dice?" And oh, <laughs> my brother on. said, oh. "Well, sure." And he goes, "Okay, here's here's how this this." This works. If I if I throw these dice and I roll a seven, um, then I win a dollar, right? But if I don't roll a seven, then I have to uh, I have to roll that number again before I roll a seven, right? So my brother goes, okay, fine, and he puts a dollar down, and my grandfather rolls, and it's a seven, mm. uh, and my grandfather picks the money up, and my grandfather says, you want to go again? And my brother goes, yeah, sure. He puts dollar down, rolls it. Sure enough, it's a seven. And he says, well, what are, what are the odds that's going to happen three times in a row? And my brother goes, nah, nothing. I'm going to put all $3 down. And my grandfather rolls a <laughs> dice, and it's a seven. And he takes the uh, takes the money, and my brother notices that one of the dice is all fours, and the other one is all threes. <laughs> right? There you go. So we don't need and, no stinking magnets then, right. okay? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't know how, th- how this works, but, uh, yeah, my uh, – <laughs> My grandfather's wife tried to get it, you know, was like, give him the money back. You cheated him out of that. And my grandfather was was insistent that he didn't do that. He's no, no, he, he lost his money. He That's a you lesson. A valuable lesson. Yes. Should be a lesson. That's right. We all That's learned right. a valuable lesson today. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I so mean, who knows? Clip- I mean, when he's in the restroom, he shows that he has two dice. Right. So maybe one always rolls a one, and one always rolls a six. You know, when they're uh, within the magnetic field of whatever this thing is that he has strapped to his arm. Yeah, and he's switching him out. Yeah, because you suspect he's he's probably good at sleight of hand. Sleight of hand is at also right. You know, he he knows what he's doing here. Uh, but I also I want to focus on sort of the the social side of this about how he's in how he's able to ingratiate himself with these sailors and make put them at ease and make them feel like he's on their side. Yeah, and they're having a good time losing money to him. Right. When they start gambling. Right. It, and it's kind of like, you know, the only lesson I learned about grifters is what I learned from the other big grifter movie, The Sting. When they get done with it, the victim has to think that everything was legit, right? Mm-hmm. And right. so that in, that ingratiating, uh, uh, paying for the beer and being sorry, and uh, that that allows him to get away with it all um, at the very end of it. So, yeah, yeah that's, what, that's the lesson learned for me. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, too, that he pretends to find the dice on the floor, right? So, hey, yeah. and he says, Is this, did one of you guys drop this? And they're saying, no, yeah. no, I don't, I don't. So, so it's not like he was someone who carries around dice to gamble with. Right. This just happened right. to fall into our scene. And hey, while we've got yeah. this, why don't we? Uh, why don't Might we? As well. I'll tell you what, right. let's let's use this to see who buys the next round of drinks, right? And then so he. So one step, one step more clever than uh, than uh, Grandpa. Uh, right. <laughs> did, you know. <laughs> but then he loses that bet on the drinks, and he says, "I tell you what, guys, I'm going to go buy this round of drinks." But I, but but give me a chance to win it back when I come back. Right, right. Be a good sport. 
And that's when he right. comes back. And of course, the game is fixed and he plays who knows how many rounds. We see two rounds in the the film here and, and presumably takes these uh, these poor sailors of uh, their daytime pay, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> these are enlisted men, by the way. Uh, <laughs> certainly an officer would never <laughs> yeah. fall for a scam like this, right? No, because uh, yeah, an officer would be throwing big dollars down. That's what would happen, right? It would be right. 20s right. and 50s, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that is my clip this week. Uh, any final thoughts here, gentlemen? I think it's a good one. I love that it's a classic uh, con man mode, right? In a different form. We've seen a bunch of these in the movies uh, uh, throughout my movie watching career, right? And this is just another angle at it. And I really, and they did it so well. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Joe? Yeah. I think it's, uh, I think it's a good scene. I think it's interesting. I, I don't know. If, if somebody comes up to me and starts rolling dice, I'm a little bit suspicious, but probably because of my personal experience with my grandfather. And right, knowing, right, exactly. Knowing how that works. Yeah, Joe. Right. Yeah, Coming from a long, Joe, a long okay. line of dice rolling scammers, you're, <laughs> right. you're hip to this. Uh... <laughs> Word to the wise, if you're one of Joe's kids and you're listening to this podcast, if he whips out a set of dice, don't fall for it. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, run away. Run away. <laughs> right. And not only is it a family heirloom, but uh, it's, a, it's a scam as well. Uh, my brother actually... Actually got those dice. When ah, he well, passed away. there you go. Yeah, so maybe. You, what, did he win him in a bet? No, no. He's <laughs> <laughs> he inherited them. It's part he of the family tradition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, that is my clip this week. Uh, Joe, you've got a clip for us. What can you share with us? My clip is from Matchstick Men. This movie stars Nicolas Cage and uh, Allison Lohman. And in this scene, there's another actress named Beth Grant who plays a lady in a laundromat. And in this scene. Uh, Allison Lohman walks into the laundromat and Nicolas Cage is already in the laundromat and uh, Beth Grant is doing laundry. So why don't we start here? All right. While we are watching this, I will do my best to sort of fill in some of the details of what's going on here. Here is the clip from Matchstick Men. So a young lady's uh, in a laundromat here. Yeah. Talking to an older lady. Sure. A lot. <laughs> this is nothing. You ought to catch me during the little league season. Three boys. And even cute? Uh-huh. Simon's about your age, so you'd never guess. He's so hyper. I'm gonna get a soda. Do you want anything? No, thanks, honey. She walks away, and something drops out of her pocket, a piece of paper. Oh, honey, you dropped something. Hmm, not mine. You sure? You gotta be... Hands it over. Oh, hmm. Looks it's like you got the wash by accident. Yesterday's drawing. It looks like the second, don't you think? Probably a loser. She throws the paper away. The older woman is gazing at the piece of crumpled up paper there. You can tell she's thinking about it. Trying to get the washing machine started. Still looking at that piece of paper. We should at least see if it hit. Excuse me, sir. Can we borrow your paper for a sack? We're just looking for lottery results. Oh, there's Nicholas Cage. There he is. I didn't recognize him with the hat. Thanks. <laughs> Nicholas Cage was there the whole time reading a newspaper. He heads over to the washing machines. Six, eighteen, thirty, forty-nine, sixty-nine, six, eighteen. What? Sorry. Thirty, forty-nine, sixty. Missed by one. Oh, you're joking. <laughs> Story of my life. Any luck? Mm. Four out of five. Can you believe that? Four out of five? Four out of five pays. It does? Sure, yeah. Call the number on the back of the ticket. 
Oh. <laughs> well, thanks. So they're at a phone booth now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. What'd they say? We won six hundred dollars. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Cage is walking by. Take it down for verification, and they'll they'll mail me a check. In fact, we should call your mom, and we can all go down together. You know it's okay. I'm supposed to be home anyway. No, no, no. We're we're in this fifty fifty. So next I'm we still see, trying to figure out what the con is here. Okay, what are they? Well, what's the? Oh, get, at, yeah, here we go. They're at an ATM now. The older woman is drawing money out of the ATM. Nicholas Cage is looking on. All right, that is the clip. Right. And so that's the scam. Joe, why don't you unpack exactly what we're seeing here? What's so th- going on? This is a fake lottery ticket scam. Mm-hmm. And the way this works is somebody prints up a fake lottery ticket that looks like it's won some amount of money. And then comes uh, they, they come up with some reason they can't collect it. And in this case, Allison Lohman's character can't collect it because she's not 18. Mm. Right? Uh, she says that early on. She's got to be 18 to play. Right. So uh, Beth Grant's character is... is uh, just being taken advantage of here, and she's being taken advantage of because she is a person with integrity, right? Mm. She says, we're going to split this 50-50, and she's very insistent throughout the whole time. So the con is very subtle. Uh, Nicholas Cage is, is part of the con as well. He's in on it. And what it looks like happened here, there's all kinds of different variations, like the newspaper could be fake, or the uh, the ticket could have a number on the back of it where you call, and, and there's another... Uh, conspirator on the on the other end of the phone telling you, yeah, yeah, come on down to the to the lottery place and and get your money. Mm. Uh, but it's also conceivable that that could actually be the legitimate lottery phone number, right? Mm-hmm. The only thing fake is the ticket. Mm. Uh, so the ticket is printed up to look like it didn't hit the big jackpot, but it hit a six hundred dollar jackpot, right? Which is a a large amount of money for anybody. I if I found a, a six hundred dollar winner on the street, I'd be very happy. Sure, and I'd collect my six hundred dollars. But what's happened here is uh, uh, Allison Loman's character a- Angela cannot stick around. She's going to leave. So the other character, the laundry lady, Beth Grant says, well, I'll just give you the money now and I'll go down and collect the, the 600 bucks. Of course, when she gets there, it's going to be a fake ticket and she's going to be out the $300. Right. Right. So she, she's withdrawn. So what they've done, they convinced her to withdraw half of the winnings, the $300 right? and give that to her. And as you say, because she has integrity, Mm -hmm. uh, she wants to split it 50, 50. Right. And that's the scam. That's the scam. Yeah. Have you ever heard that, Joe, in real life, uh, scams like that? Is that a typical thing? It's actually a very old scam. Uh, we had uh, we had a story that we did on Hacking Humans uh, about a year ago where I started doing old scams, and we covered this. Uh, it's They've had things where they go out and they buy lottery tickets, actual lottery tickets, and then they print up a fake newspaper. Or, or they change the, uh, the number on the back of the ticket so that when you call— uh, somebody says, well, read me the serial number on the ticket. Yeah, yeah, that's a big winner. Come on in and collect your winnings. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all kinds of different variations on this scam, but it's essentially, a, it's an old uh, scam that is based on a fake lottery ticket. Yeah. The thing I find interesting in this version of it is that 
they don't go for the big win. Right. Right. I mean, they by by playing off the fact that if you get four out of five numbers right in this particular lottery instance, you still win some sizable amount of money. Right. And uh, they they dial it in so it's enough money that somebody could have that in their account. They could take that out and right. and think everybody everything was on the up and up. Yeah, because if you go for the jackpot and it's you know a million dollar jackpot, and somebody says, "Well, I'm going to leave. Give me five hundred thousand dollars now." I don't have five hundred thousand dollars to give you. <laughs> right, right. I think it's interesting. You know, well, it's been a while. Go ahead, Rick. Well, I tell you what always uh, comes to me when I see these kinds of things is that you know crime. That's a hard job, okay? In order right. to make a living doing this stuff, that's a full-time gig you got to do. And 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 the chance you're going to get caught is high. So it uh, got to be high pressure, a lot of work. Um, I'm not so sure I'm cut out for that kind of that line of work. <laughs> no, I am not either. I would... <laughs> I'd start sweating the moment I started doing anything like this. <laughs> yeah, as soon as they walked over to the ATM machine, I'd be going, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't... I wasn't going to do it, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen Matchstick Men, so I don't remember the specifics about the characters. But it's interesting to me that the the younger lady who comes into this uh, laundromat, does it seem as though she is familiar with the older woman here? Like maybe they've crossed paths before? Because when the jig is up on this, you know, she's going to have to get out of Dodge. Like she's not going to want to cross paths with this woman that she scammed again. Right. No, I'll take it to the next level. I got the sense that they had, you know, they had, you know, watched her for a while. She knew that that lady had three good-looking boys, right? And she mm-hmm. knew about that kind of stuff. She, they had already marked her, all right? That that wasn't a that wasn't a random pickup, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that was a fun one, uh, boy. We had a, a couple of fun ones this week. And uh, for our listeners out there, if you have a clip that you would like us to consider for using on our special Hacking Humans Go to the Movies episodes here, you can send that to us at hackinghumans at thecyberwire dot com. That is our show for this week. We want to thank uh, Rick Howard for joining us. Rick, thank you for taking the time. So every time you want to do these, I'm here. Okay, thank you, sir. <laughs> of course, we want to thank the Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute for their participation. You can learn more at isi.jhu.edu. The Hacking Humans podcast is proudly produced in Maryland at the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our senior producer is Jennifer Iben. Our executive editor is Peter Kilpie. I'm Dave Bittner. And I'm Joe Kerrigan. And I'm Rick Howard. Thanks for listening.